present Sister Angie. She's going to come up and give us a little testimony. Kind of our theme this month is, uh, or this day is, uh, Mother's Love Knows No Bounds. Sister Angie. Well, praise the Lord and happy Mother's Day to all of the moms and grandmas that are here today. Everybody looks wonderful. Um, I was thinking whenever I was trying to figure out what I was going to say this morning, something that would reflect the boundless love of a mother. And a passage of scripture came to mind. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 7. Um, it's often read at weddings, but I feel like it's a good depiction of a mother's pure love. I'm going to read the New Living Translation. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Some of the words that come to mind whenever I think of my own mom and what it is about her that created a lasting impact on my life are love, safety, and comfort. As children, we learn to love because of our mother, and the truth is is that she is the first person we learn to love. Sorry, guys. I'm just stating facts. We turn to her for reassurance and safety when we're scared, and we run to her for comfort when we get hurt, either physically or emotionally. And I'll give you a few examples of how my mom has shown her love for me. My mom loved being a grandma. She would play on the floor with my kids, chasing them with her tickle bug that she always conveniently kept in her pocket. She would run circles around them until she completely wore them out. When I was growing up, my mom raised my brother and my, me by herself. She struggled frequently to make ends meet, but we never did without, and if we did, I didn't know it. There were times probably every summer whenever my mom would struggle with the electricity bills and the high cost of that, and we would unfortunately have our power shut off almost every summer. And uh, sometimes for a week, sometimes two, I remember as long as a month. And during that time, she would have us stay with a friend or someone she trusted to ensure we would have electricity, air conditioning, hot water, all of those things. And these, uh, I'm talking about like the miserable, muggy days of summer where there's no breeze and the ones that come through are very, um, they don't bring very much relief. And so I didn't know at the time, but while we were resting in the comfort of air conditioning, she would often be sleeping in the car or back at the house with no electricity. And I don't know the specifics of why she couldn't stay where we are. All I know is that my mom ensured that we were okay. And there were times whenever we couldn't stay with people. I know this is kind of weird, but we would pretend to be camping at home. Um, she would put a tent up and we would have flashlights and she would make it fun, you know. You do what you gotta do as a mom and that's what she did. Um, I didn't know the extent of her struggles at the time because she didn't want me to. I know one time when I was seven or eight, I had 40 cents. 
and my mom asked me to, or I asked my mom, I said, can you stop at the grocery store? I want to get you something. And so we did, and I ran in with my 40 cents. She made my brother go with me because she didn't let me go alone. And a few minutes later, I skipped out of the store, and I had my little brown paper bag, and I handed it to her. Um, I told her to shut her eyes and hold her hand out, and she did. And then I placed the bag in her hand. She opened the bag. She looked inside. Her eyes lit up, and a smile, big, big as could be, came across her face. She reached in and pulled her gift out, a stick of butter. <laughs> well, in my defense, so my mom loved to cook, and she was good at it, and this was my idea of a good gift. It was something she could use, and I really couldn't afford a lot. So, um, you know, we ended up later on joking about it. But at the time, you would have thought that was her most treasured gift. And the most important thing that my mom did for me throughout the years and through my life is pray for me. There were many times as a child I'd wake up with her hands on my head, praying for me and speaking into my life and into my future. I remember one night, not too long before she passed, I had been on my face crying all night because of a significant issue with one of my kids. I was at a complete loss, and I was devastated. It was 3 in the morning when I finally decided to call my mom. And it didn't matter to her that it was 3 a.m. In between the tears, I gasped to tell her what was wrong. And I told her that I felt like a failure as a mother and that I didn't know what I was going to do. She said to me, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take this to God and pray about it. And so for the next three hours, we, maybe more, we sat on the phone. We prayed and we talked to God. We read the Bible and we sang as the sun came up. And I could feel the peace of God as we laid this issue into his hands. And she definitely had a way of reaching God. Some people are blessed by their mothers for the majority of their life, and some of us for less. But I'm thankful for the years that I've had with my mom. She's unforgettable and irreplaceable. All of it matters, everything a mother does. But I honestly believe that there is no greater way for a mother to express her love to her children than by the prayers she prays. Prayers that go forth into heaven before God and ultimately impact eternity. I know that my mom's prayers are covering me and my children still today. My goal is in prayer is to be this kind of mother for my children as well. That was just absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Sister Kate. Praise the Lord. Felt the anointing on that. At this time, I would like to introduce my friend, Sister Jayla. Would you please come forward and give your testimony of your mama? I'd just like to thank you, Sister Sue, for asking me to speak um, or say a little something today. Um, 
At first I told her no, because I thought it was going to be too hard and I wasn't ready. But then the more I thought about it, the more I realized that my mom deserves to be honored. And then also the hardest part of coming up here speaking is going to make sure it's just a little. I have gotten the gift of gab from my mom. (laughs) And so I sometimes just run amok. So um, if I get off course or whatever, and I might start reading from my notes, that's all right. Um, But I just would like to talk to you about my mom for a minute. My mom was an awesome woman. She was by no means perfect, but she was very awesome in her own way. She was so smart and so talented, and she could have done just about anything that she had wanted to do. She was smart in books. She was smart in budgeting. She had a home remedy for just about every ailment that you could imagine, and she never stopped trying to learn. I would come home from work, and she'd be surrounded by different magazines and different books that she just wanted to read. She was like, I'm going to, when I get to this, I'm going to read it. She was smart in just about everything except for technology. (laughs) Although she kind of had a certain gift with technology too because she was able to erase hard drives and delete files and have absolutely no idea how she did it. It was just, how did this happen? I don't know. And she'd come to Aunt Ruth and she'd be like, I don't know. I just, I don't know what I pressed. I just, it's done. And I can't even tell you how many times she did that. And whenever she would be, even as we gotten older and we had phones and everything, it was still Xander, Gavin, what, what is this? You know, um, I, I don't know how to, I don't know what I did. And she just, that's, this is her looks as she's given them her phone, like fix it, do something with it. So thank God for Aunt Ruth, who always knew how to most of the time, bring it back from destruction. Um, but she, um, she was just very much good in her own personal things. Um, I'm convinced, or convinced that there is not a job out there that she could not have done and climbed the ladder of success and made it to the top in whatever field she chose, except computer programming. Um, I'm sure every IT department out there is happy that she did not join their team or she would have had very um, close relationships with all of them. But mom didn't consider money or finances her calling. She felt like she had a higher calling. And she sacrificed her earning potential for something that she thought was much greater. My grandpa had a dream of a Christian school where all of his grandchildren and all the children of his church could go to school and get a well-rounded education centered around Christ. And that was something that my mom also felt. And so she and my Aunt Ruth volunteered their time. They didn't get paid. They volunteered their time to teach grades 1 through 12. And my mom, I believe she did it for over 20 years um, where all she did was volunteer her time. She didn't, she never received a paycheck for it. Um, she waited until all of the grandchildren were through and graduated. And then she finally went out and got a job and it was at Walmart of all places. And everybody loved my mom at Walmart. If you go there, even still, because I look so much like my mom, they're like, you're Debbie's daughter, aren't you? And I'm like, yes, I am. And then I have a, a long story of things they want to tell me about how great she was. But she made this sacrifice because she thought it was an honor to be able to do it, and she thought it was important for us. Um, When I was a kid, we didn't really have a youth pastor at our church. It didn't seem to be something that was done all that much in smaller churches. We had a very small church, I think maybe about 65 to 70 people on a really good day. So there wasn't much 
you know, uh, done as a youth group. We kind of did everything collectively as a church and not really split it by age. Well, there was not an official youth pastor. She was our ride or die to youth conventions, to NAYC, back when there was only like 8,000 attendees at NAYC, concerts. I remember, I don't know if I'm probably telling my age, but Carmen, I'm sure a lot of people my age know all about Carmen. Well, my grandfather was extremely conservative, and he did not understand why Carmen, well, he got up, he gets up there, and, and they, they do all this stuff. And my mom, I, rem- I will never forget standing in the living room, my mom fighting for us to be able to go to this concert and to be able to take the church van so she could take other kids from the church because it was just so important to her. Her, her heart was she wanted us to be in church. She wanted us to be surrounded by things and keep us at church. So there's concerts and there's youth camps. Um, Mom knew how important it was to keep us with other people and connected to the church and did whatever she could to make that happen. One year at youth convention always stands out to me. Um, We have, I think some of you guys might know them, uh, Matt Frazee, Travis Leip, and my other cousin, Ben. They were the boys. I think there was probably a couple other boys, but I can't remember exactly who it was. But they were, um, we were at youth convention, and my sister and Shelly, or my sister and my mom and I were all in our room, and we were quiet and going down, and then we hear this laughing, and so mom, she gets up, and she looks out the window, or she looks out the door, and all you hear is Matt Frazee banging on the door, guys, let me in, Aunt Deb is out here, Aunt Deb is out here, and they were running up and down the hallway in their underwear, and so my mom didn't say a word, she just gave them the look, they Once they finally collected themselves, Travis and Ben said they were laughing so hard they were crying, and Matt is just banging on the door to get let in. So they finally collected themselves, got in their room, mom shut the door, and she's like, I am not taking these kids anywhere. And that lasted for a couple of months until it was time for youth camp. And she got us all together again, and she made sure that youth camp was available to everybody that wanted to go. But that was just my mom. You know, her love for us and her love for the Lord kept her going, doing what no one else was doing, all because she knew how important it was to keep us involved in the things of the Lord. Now, fast forward to when I became a mom. I saw a whole new person emerge from her. The strict parent became the permissive grandparent, which is so not fair. (laughs) And then eventually, unfortunately, I became a single mom, and she stepped into the role of co-parent with me. She drove up to my house from Pinckneyville five days a week for many years and kept the kids while I was at work. She kept our schedule straight so that at least it looked like I knew what I was doing and I knew what was going on. I know that I could never have made it. I could not have raised my kids without her. My kids were so blessed to have her in their life. There were so many times when my kids were being less than perfect and they would say something smart and then the kid in me was like, ooh, she's going to get it now. Mom's going to tear into them now, and I'm just like, "Mm mm-hmm, sitting back there waiting, and they never got got, and it's not fair because I would have been in so much trouble, and they never got it, and um, she would just be like, you know, act like it was no big deal, and I was like, Mom, why do you let them talk to you like that, or why do you let them do that? She's like, because it's not my job to teach them. It's your job to teach them right from wrong. I get to be grandma. I get to be the fun parent for once. And so that was like a big, you know, a big thing in my life that I realized that this is all on me now, you know. And I'm so thankful I had her 
in my corner. She was constantly supporting me, constantly saying, you've got this. You're going to do great. Your kids are great. This is just wonderful. And so she was constantly behind me. Um, when my mom got sick and we knew it was bad, her first reaction was, I'm not going to get to see my babies graduate. I don't know why that one thing stuck out for her that she was so sad about. She just wanted to see the kids graduate from high school. Um, and she spent the next weeks in some severe pain. The next eight weeks is about what it was from start to finish whenever we found out that she had cancer to when she passed away. We spent, she spent the next eight weeks in pain, but the whole time praying that God used the situation she was in to bring all of us closer to him, that we would see God's blessing in everything, even when the trials and that even in trials, and we would see that God is still good. She never wavered in that. No matter how much pain she was in, she was always praying and listening to Lauren Daigle in the hospital. It um, took me a long time to be able to listen to Lauren Daigle again, and sometimes I still have to turn it off. But I was blessed at the very end to be able to take care of her. I found my voice. You know, you, when you're when you're, like, advocating for yourself, you're kind of like, oh, you know, I'm going to be quiet or whatever. But then when you're advocating for somebody else and you see that your mom is in pain and you see that something needs to be done, you find your voice. And I found my voice for my mom whenever she was in the hospital. And I began to advocate for her. And I was there for her. And every time the doctor would come in, she's like, just a minute, I need JL to be in here. I need, I need you to hear. What did he say? What did he say? And that was such a blessing for me, like, to be able to take care of my mom when she took care of me all of those years, you know, like, you know, sometimes we have that blessing when they're later in life and we have that to where we can take care of them. But God knew I needed that. He knew that I needed somehow to give back to her in some way, shape or form. And I'm so thankful that I was blessed with the ability to take care of my mom. She was one of the strongest people I know, but she never wavered in her faith. She experienced loss abuse, both mental and physical, self-doubt and insecurities, but she knew who to go to when she needed to be lifted up, and she taught me the same thing. She taught me where my strength is and to rejoice when I feel too weak to continue because that's when the strength of the Lord takes over. I am JL. I'm the youngest daughter of Debbie, but more than that, I'm a child of the King, and my mom taught me that. She taught me that my identity is in Christ and not in this world. I thank my mom for so many lessons in life, but more than anything, I thank her for the blessing of this truth. It's been four years since she's been gone, and I miss her every day, but I'm so blessed to be able to have called her mom. There's that old song, he, he's all I need, he's all I need, Jesus is all I need. And you've come today to honor mothers and the mother that he gave to you, perhaps the mother that you are to your children. But we can never forget that Jesus is the main event. He's the main event. He's, uh, Brother Tenney always said we got to keep the main thing the main thing. And Jesus is the main thing. We're going to dismiss our young people, but before you go, if you are a, a young lady, age, uh, and you're going to go down to kids' ministries, if you're a young lady and you're a kids' ministry student, would you stand where you are?
Thank you, Sister Leo. Thank you. Thank you, girls. I want you to hear me before you go downstairs. We live in a culture that tries to tell you a lot of different things. And I'm here to tell you it's a good thing to desire to be a mom. Before God ever called a woman to preach, he called a woman to be a mom, to be a wife. It is a good thing to want to grow up and be a mommy. And I'm speaking to a, a, uh, a principality when I say these things to your children. It is a good thing to want to be a mom. Of all the dreams that you can have, you can dream about being a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or anything else that you foresee for yourself. It is also a good thing to dream about being the kind of mom that God has designed you to be. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Children, you can go downstairs. Our young people are going to stay in uh, the sanctuary today. Um, I, I don't plan to keep you long. What a beautiful service we've had so far. Amen. Have you enjoyed these testimonies and this music? Amen. Sister Sue, thank you for all of your planning. Thank you to the music team and those who have put together this service. We appreciate you. And we are here today to honor moms. I want to welcome you. If you are a visitor uh, among us and you are a mother, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Um, I know that uh, many of you have already taken time and you've wished your own mother, uh, if, if your own mother is with you, you've wished her a happy Mother's Day. I also know that days like Mother's Day and Father's Day and holidays can be very hard for some people. Um, I was sitting at our mother-daughter banquet yesterday with my own mom, and she looked at me, and she said, you know, today is your grandma's birthday. And we haven't had our, my grandmother with us since 1994. But my mom thought of her mom on her birthday, which happened to be yesterday, and I said, how, how old would she have been? She was born in 1915. She would be 108 years old today or yesterday. And so you never stop thinking about the mother that you've lost, and that's okay. We're happy that you're here to honor her. And sometimes Mother's Day is hard because you may not really have a mother figure in your life. I'm here to tell you this church is full of mamas who will love on you and who will help you and guide you and nurture you. And the Bible says he puts the solitary in families, and that's his will, that the church becomes the family of God. And so if you're missing that mother figure, there are mothers here in this place who can help you. Maybe you and your mom don't have a great relationship, or you and your kids don't have a great relationship, and it can be hard. Today can be hard, I'm just saying. But you're in the right place, and I hope that you're able to hear what it is that God is speaking to you, that you are loved and you are welcome and you are perfect in his sight. He's just thrilled that you're here and that you're in his presence. He loves you. I do look at motherhood, though, and I see that this is the hand and the design of God, that he created the family. This isn't something that people dreamed up. God created the family. He created this role of being a mother, and so today, I feel like that's worth celebrating. Motherhood is worth celebrating. Amen? 
And becoming a mother happens in so many ways. Obviously, there are many ladies among us who've been blessed to conceive and to have uh, give birth to a child or to children, and they nurture and invest in these little lives that they're given. And they see them through to adulthood, and they are natural mothers. And this is a, a, a representation of motherhood. There are also ladies who maybe marry a man who already has children, and they become mothers in the place of a stepmother to that child. And it becomes uh, like the children become like their own. And this too is motherhood. Amen. Then there are women who have this heart, who, who look at children who need a temporary foster parent or they need an adoptive parent and mothers who step into that role, even though it's not naturally their child, they become like their own. This is motherhood. There are ladies among us who have given birth to or adopted children whose children were taken far too early from them. And this, too, is motherhood. Ladies who have conceived but have never held their little angels in their arms. This is motherhood. In many manifestations, in many ways, women are mothers, and some of them in this congregation, you may not even know that one day they had a baby angel slip from their womb. You don't know. I was telling pastor, I, uh, my, my mom had my brother and then uh, had me 18 months later and 18 months in one day because he's older than me by 18 months in one day, and that one day is very important. And then when I was eight or nine, I think I was eight, my mom uh, got pregnant again. And some things happened in her body, and she, um, she miscarried at five months in, in September of 1987. And years later, I was in my late 30s, and mom and I were going through a box of photos. And I pulled out a Polaroid of my mom and dad at Christmas time. There's a Christmas tree there, and... Um, said, Mom, were you, were you guys sick? You look like you've been hit by a Mack truck. And years later, years, years after the fact, my mom looked down, and she said that was the Christmas after Matthew died. It's important that we honor motherhood in all of its forms. And so today I celebrate all of you. Whether your babies are here with you, or they've gone on to meet Jesus, or they're in another church somewhere, or, they're, or maybe you don't know where they are. You are invested in the growth of that child, and I honor you for what you have done to bring life to this earth. Amen. Some of you ladies will never be called mom. But you have the heart of a mother, and you invest yourself, and you nurture the people around you. And I see you, and God sees you, and you are loved. It's true that deep in the heart of every girl, every little girl, God puts this desire to nurture, to nourish, to protect, to um, instill values. It's in us. 
God puts it in us, and that is to be celebrated. It's this characteristic of women that is to be valued and, and cultivated among us. <clears throat> and we should not look at it, and again, I'm, I'm going to speak to culture for a little bit. Valuing motherhood does not devalue women who are not mothers. It's likely that no one's ever going to call me mom, but me celebrating you does not devalue me in the kingdom or anywhere else. It's not pie. If I give you a piece, I don't lose any. And so as a, as a church, I hope we always stand for the truth that motherhood is to be valued and it doesn't take away from anybody who's not a mother to celebrate someone who is. That is the truth. It is a good thing for little girls to want to be mommies when they grow up. And it is a blessed thing for women to desire to mother and to nurture and to grow someone. Amen? Amen. The desires of a mother are to be applauded, and this church will always celebrate that desire. So today we're going to talk about the desires of a mother. When we look at scripture, we see this journey of motherhood played out in many ways. And you know the story. Those of you who are moms, you're on that roller coaster of motherhood. It's bliss and it's joy and then it's disappointment and heartache and then it's bliss and it's joy. And it goes back and forth. And so Eve, who is the mother of us all, was overjoyed when she gave birth to her first child. She said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she named him, and she took joy in having a second son in Genesis 4. And even when those children grew up, and one boy mercilessly killed the other boy, she was going through all the feelings that a normal mother would feel. She was a human being. And so when the Lord blessed her with a third son, she rejoiced again and called his name Seth. She had loss, and she, she, she had life given to her again, and she rejoiced. And the Bible says that people began to call on the name of the Lord around that time. Sarah, later in, in Genesis, was so desperate to become a mother. She, she had this desire to live out what God had promised to her husband, Abraham. And she tried to help God out. And when her, her attempt at surrogacy didn't turn out to be exactly what she envisioned, she struggled in her emotions. She was watching this other woman be mother to a son that she should have had. That's hard. That was hard on her. And so even into her 80s, she had this desire to be a mother. And at 90 years old, when Isaac finally arrived in Genesis 21, Sarah rejoiced. His name means laughter. God's made her to laugh. In her 90s, the Lord blessed her with a child. And Rebecca uh, was barren for 20 years after she married Isaac. When Isaac prayed, the Bible says he prayed for his wife to be able to be bare, or, or he prayed on behalf of his wife that she could bear children. She had this desire to raise, to, to, to give birth to children, and the Lord gave her two. She had twins, Esau and Jacob. I haven't even made it out of Genesis yet. Rachel, Jacob's wife, longed so much to have children, but she could not. Physically, she wasn't able to, and so she, she pleaded with Jacob, and she said, give me children lest I die. 
There's really no uh, greater expression of this desire to mother as that statement, give me children, else I die. And Jacob wisely pointed her back to God and said, you know, God's the only one that can do this for you. He's the only one that can open your womb and fix this situation. And so after a series of missteps on Rachel's part, much like her, her grandmother-in-law, Sarah, she made a series of, of errors. And then finally, the Lord opened, the Bible says, the Lord opened her womb. And she became a mother to Joseph. She wanted so badly to be a mom Literally, it would cost her everything because it was the birth of her second son that eventually led to her passing from this life. It's so great, that desire for children. And these are just a few. In Exodus, you can go on. Jock, uh, uh, Sister Carol mentioned yesterday, Jochebed, Moses' mom, saved him from Pharaoh's edict to throw ba the male babies into the river. In, uh, and then in the book of Ruth, Ruth was very intent on bringing children into the world so that she could honor her late husband. And then that child that, that, that she brought into the world ended up being the grandfather to who we know as King David. You never know who you're giving birth to. And the list goes on and on and on. even into the New Testament. We see the beginning of the New Testament. Luke shows us a picture of Elizabeth who so desired to be a mom, but God withheld that promise until it, it became a miraculous birth of John the Baptist. Women desire to become mothers, to live as mothers, to invest themselves in future generations, and they, these women pursued motherhood as a worthy goal. They endured the challenges and the heartaches, and they rejoiced in these beautiful and satisfying moments of motherhood, and they rode the roller coaster down when things were disappointing and discouraging, and they didn't know what their child was going to turn out to be. But they still invested in them, and they nourished their children, and they nurtured them, and they taught them the things of God. And so today I'm surrounded by women who have done exactly the same thing, you have blessed your children with provision. You've invested yourself and your faith in them. You've taught them the word of God. You've had good days and bad days, and you haven't been perfect. None of us are. Amen? None of us are. But you've done what you could with what you knew at the time. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all of you who have served in this role, this God-ordained role. You are aware that you didn't get here by yourself. Many of you have walked the floor of the nursery with a sick baby, calling out to God for healing. You feel so helpless. You've got this child who's miserable and in pain. And the only thing you can do is cry out to Jesus for intervention. You yourself are powerless, but you know the one who can. You've walked the living room floor in the middle of the night praying for the teenager who's out past curfew and you have no idea where he or she is. You're powerless. But God. He knows exactly where that child is. 
you can pray over him or her and watch that person walk back through the door. You've sat in those uncomfortable plastic leather chairs aside hospital beds that were never, never meant for people to sit in and you ended up sleeping there because your kid has an injury or just had a surgery or has an illness that you can't control and you have pled the blood of Jesus over them over and over and over again. You've come to Jesus asking for these, what I feel are five primary desires for a mom, that your children would be happy, that they would be healthy, that your children would be provided for, that your children would have good friends and godly relationships, that your children would walk in God, with God in all truth. There is no greater joy than that my children walk in truth. That's scripture. And so these, these five basic desires that I see in moms, that your children would be healthy and happy and provided for and godly relationships and know God and serve them, serve him with all of their hearts. I see those same desires in Hannah. When I look at Hannah in 1 Samuel, and this Hannah as well. Happy First Mother's Day with your child outside the womb, by the way. It's not really your First Mother's Day. You had one last year. He just wasn't here yet. Now we all know him. But Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1, she pours her heart out before God, silently expressing this desire to be a mom. Not only asking God to give her a son, but offering that son back to him in service. If God, if you'll just answer this prayer and give me a son, I'll give him back to you and he'll serve you all of his days. This is Hannah's prayer. And so when God answers that and she weans the child and she presents him back to the tabernacle and the priest for ongoing service, she makes this statement in 1 Samuel 1.27. She says, it was for this child that I prayed. For this child I prayed. Not just that he would arrive, not just that I would become a mom, but I prayed for this child. That he would always serve the Lord. That he would become who God wants him to be. I, I prayed over this child, and it wasn't a one-time prayer. I'm convinced, Pastor, that Hannah didn't pray just one time, God, give me a child. She said, and Lord, let him grow in favor. Let him grow in favor with you and with man. God, put your hand on his life. Use him for your glory. She prayed for that child. There was a desire in Hannah's heart to be a mom, not just become a natural mother and give birth, but be a mother to this child, to invest herself in him, to nurture him and grow him, and all these things that we've talked about mothers doing. She was investing herself in a tiny and growing human life, knowing she wouldn't be there for some of his biggest moments. She was going to give him to the service of the Lord. And she was committed, and she said, for this child, I prayed that he would be blessed and favored and that he would serve God all of his days. That's, that's what a good mom prays. God, let him be close to you. Let him be happy and healthy, provided for, have godly relationships, and let him 
serving you an altar call. In our own congregation, there's a young woman who I have seen this, I've seen this desire when I've prayed with her at different times over the last several years. She's been married for several years now. And some of you may not be aware of the struggles that this couple have had to try to have children. And um, I'm going to ask Brother Kyle and Sister Kayla to come and just sit in these chairs. Several weeks ago, our pastoral staff was trying to discern a speaker for Mother's Day. We were just trying to think of someone because it wasn't originally supposed to be me. <laughs> we were thinking of moms and different lady speakers that we knew of and expanding about some ideas. And I turned and I saw Sister Kayla standing across the room, and I, I know her desire to be a mom. And I turned to Sister Becky, and I said, you know, I would never ask her to do it. It would be too cruel and too difficult. But the desire that I see in Kayla to be a mom is so representative of how the church should feel about giving birth to spiritual children. This church is meant to be a mother to spiritual children as, as people come to God and repent and are baptized in Jesus' name and are filled with the Holy Ghost and start this relationship with God that's meant to be ongoing for the rest of their life. And as the church, as a mother, with this great desire to be a mother, we should be praying that our spiritual children will be happy and filled with the joy of the Lord, would be healthy and pursuing a life of prayer and Bible study, would be provided for in terms of the word and the spirit teaching them and the preaching and teaching that we get across this pulpit. We should be praying for our spiritual children to have godly relationships and to be growing in their relationship to the family of God. We should be praying most of all that our spiritual children will rise up and walk in the fullness of truth and become exactly who God has wanted them to be. And so I said to, to Sister Becky, I, I would never ask Kayla to do that, but it's, it's just so on me that this is what God wants us to hear for Mother's Day. Little did I know that that very evening, Kayla would say that she wanted to talk today. Without me even asking. I didn't ask you, did I? You volunteered. That evening, Sister Kayla and Brother Kyle talked to me. And like I said, you, you may not be aware of the struggles that they've had, but they have volunteered to share their heart with you today. And so I encourage you to hear, not just in the natural about this desire to be a mom, but hear it with your spiritual ears that we would be moved to spiritual desire to be, as a church, the mother to many souls. Kyle and Kayla, would you come? And would you just share your hearts with us today? Amen. Would you, would you welcome them to the pulpit? Praise the Lord. So when you're growing up, People always ask, what do you want to be when you, when you grow up? 
my answer was always that I wanted to be a mother. So imagine the disappointment when the doctors told me that dream may not be achievable. About three years ago, we were given a word from God from someone in this church. We were told that God would bless us and we would be parents soon. And I know that God's soon and ours isn't always the same thing. But it started to feel like soon would never come. But then at, at, at MOIC last year, I received the word from God personally. He told me, your soon is coming. Your soon is here. It was about that time I felt God was also leading us to allow doctors to assist medically. After four months of unsuccessful treatments, my doctor sent us to a specialist. That specialist ran all sorts of tests on both of us, only to tell us the best option for us would, to have a child of our own would be through IVF. IVF is expensive. So that was it. The end of the road for us. The person here must have misunderstood. I must have mistook my own thoughts as God. Little did I know, God was already working on our suit. We took a break from all treatments for five months. We worked on getting back to ourselves and growing closer to God. One Sunday morning in March, the same person that told me what God had told her instructed me in prayer to lay my hands on my womb. She laid hers on top of mine, and we prayed for healing. During that prayer, I felt an opening sensation. And when I saw a new doctor, I asked about trying treatments again, and she agreed to give it another try. But God had other plans. One morning, before I could start the treatments again, I woke up and heard God say, go test. Just that. Go test. A few minutes later, I look down and see two little pink lines. Our soon is here. God did a miracle. He healed my body. And we're expecting our miracle December 6, 2023. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I'd, I'd like for you all, if you would, would you all stand across this congregation? This couple has been through quite a journey, and we're going to pray for them. God has performed a miracle already, and he will continue to be faithful to his word. Amen? Amen. Would you stretch forth your hand? Let's pray for this couple right now that God will preserve them and give them an easy pregnancy in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you will bless this family. God, that you will continue to work in their behalf. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd go before them. God, 
that you would pave the way, Lord. Connect them to the right medical situations, Lord Jesus. But God, I pray that this child would be born healthy, that he would he or she would grow in favor with you and with man, Lord Jesus, that you will give this couple wisdom as they become parents. Lord, I pray that this church would be continual support to them, Lord Jesus, that you will continue to grow them. Lord, in you, Lord, grow them in their walk with you, Lord Jesus, through this process of parenting, Lord Jesus. But God, I pray that their joy would overflow, Lord Jesus, that this memory, oh God, of the joy that they've had would continue throughout their life, Lord Jesus, that you would get the, let this testimony be to your glory, Lord. And when this child is delivered, Lord Jesus, that you will take him and use him for your service, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody sin in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wasn't prophesying it's going to be a boy. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. <laughs> Amen. 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 Thank you all so much for being here on this Mother's Day. I've been looking forward to this for some time because the, the word of the Lord is sure and faithful. Sister Kayla, Sarah wondered as well, am I sure that Abraham got it right? We do. We wonder. But God is faithful to his word. And there soon has arrived. Amen. Amen. What a way to have Mother's Day today. I honor all of you. This church honors all of you. I'm thankful that you all are here. Um, I hope that you take some time to fellowship with each other. Sister Sue, would you like to come and I'll bring the microphone to you. And you can close out in prayer in Jesus' name. That'll work. <laughs> Dear precious Lord, as we come before you this morning. We pray the blessings of God upon every mother that's represented here today. We plead the blood of Jesus over every household that is here today, that your perfect will will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We pray, God, that you will bless these women of God and everyone that is here as they go forth and enjoy this beautiful day. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Have a beautiful day.